Pottsville. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Miss T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. We're back once again, about to begin. The show designed with you in mind. This is Tanisha Baker, your host with the most of trending news, hot topics, interesting interviews, new music, and more. We slay what we say and our words aren't blurred because we keep it real and true while we do what we do. Thanks for tuning in to Talking With T. It's July 27th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, wrestler, Triple H, Major League Baseball third baseman for the New York Yankees, Alex Rodriguez, and late-famed aviator, William J. Powell. Today on the national calendar is National Scotch Day, National New Jersey Day, and National Love is Kind Day. The theme this month is The Heat is On, as we focus on hot topics. This week's hot topic continues the conversation on the reopening of schools. In our poll last week, we had 16% to vote for moving forward with opening schools on August 17th, and 84% voted for a longer delay. Either way, we still have questions. And today, we will have Knox County Schools Ombudsman Tammy Campbell to answer some of those questions. As far as our COVID-19 updates, the U.S. has reported over 1,000 deaths Four days in a row. As experts say, the country needs to shut down. Nursing homes are going back to no visitors. And as collateral damage of COVID-19, Knox County has seen an increase in overdose-related deaths. Knox County ranked seventh on Tennessee's list of 10 counties with the highest COVID-19 cases in school-aged children with 234 confirmed deaths. This is out of 7,000. 572 children who have tested positive in Knox County. Now, of course, we know that children probably get tested less than anyone else, so the numbers are likely higher. You can get more updates on TalkingWithT.com. Everybody's Talking With T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. WJBE 99.7 FM and 1040 AM, just the best every day. For this portion of the show, we want to welcome Knox County Schools Ombudsman, Tammy Campbell. Thank you for taking some of your time today to speak with us. I'm so glad to be here, Tanisha. Thank you for having me and asking me to come on and um, as we prepare for our schools and, and our kids and, and staff as we start um, a new school year that is very COVID conscious, uh, just whatever I can do to help inform others so that we are better prepared to be safe. We appreciate that. The first thing I'd like for you to do is quickly tell our listeners what an ombudsman is, what your role is with the Knox County School System. Okay, the ombudsman role uh, primarily serves as a resource for students, families, and staff members to address uh, various inquiries, concerns, um, and issues that may arise and mediate resolutions. I also work very close with the leadership um, group of the district and the superintendent and various departments to, to examine some of our practices and look at to some of our protocols and off, offer improvements 
recommendations sometimes to make it more customer friendly, uh, more helpful uh, to both our, all of our stakeholders that we serve. Very good. So now just cutting to the chase. What our listeners want to know, what I want to know, as we look to reopen schools, both virtually and in person, what is mm-hmm. it that we need to be aware of? What guidance do you have? What information do you have around that? Okay. Well, I want to uh, just first say, you know, they rele- the school district and superintendent released its plan on July the 15th uh, that was approved and, and supported by the school board. And we basically, uh, in the present state of affairs, were able to offer two options for, for families, and that was an in-person, in-school option and a virtual uh, program option for those students who, for whatever reason, did not feel safe to send their children to a school in-person setting. And so as of right now, the cutoff for the virtual enrollment registration was July 22nd, which has passed. Last Wednesday was that date, and to date we have well over 17,000 families that have elected to take that option um, moving forward. And so as we prepare for that, schools are working schedules and will be giving both in-person as well as virtual students their schedule for the day so they'll know when to log in and when they'll be taking their classes and what classes they will have for this particular fall semester. Uh, right now, we are scheduled to start school uh, August 17th, which represents a week delay from the original August 10th date that uh, was originally scheduled for the start of school. But we've been able to use five of our inclement weather days to add on the front of the year to give our teachers more time to prepare and get prepared to uh, with protocols and safeguards that all schools will be administering for the in-person student model uh, as they come back to campus. Well, that being said, why not start after Labor Day to give even more time to precautions or making sure that teachers are prepared? Um, and that has been posed a lot of times um, to to the district. But at this point, the district, uh, Knox County Schools, is governed by the State Department of Education and the governor. And each school district has to turn in a calendar. And so we have to have 180 school days for the year, and that calendar is turned in. So anytime you delay days based on what you have to do, you they ha- you have to extend days. And so through survey information okay. and through other uh, input settings, sessions, most constituents, including teachers as well as families, did not want an extension of a year for a delayed school year. So we did ask that in that survey that was sent out initially to families, educators, and students um, to give us some input about those types of matters. At this point, based on what we have to deal with, the State Department of Education has not relaxed any of the expectations for the school year calendar or testing or evaluations at this time. It may change later as we continue through this, but right now, based on what we have to deal with or what is within the parameters of control that the school district and superintendent can utilize, we're working with the calendar days as is and just using our inclement weather days to buy us a little bit more time on the front end and still reserve the other five in the event that we will have to use them on in the school year. All right. So also help the listeners and parents understand when we talk about the virtual option and the in-school option, kids are still enrolled in their base school or in their 
considered in a virtual school that's a whole separate system in itself or what? That's a good question, Tanisha. No, it's not a separate school. It is you are still as a virtual student, you are in a, enrolled in a virtual learning program. That is how it's sort of referred to. But you are a virtual student, you're off campus and you are still a student of that of that particular school, your base school. In fact, some of your classes will probably be taught by some of your teachers at your school. And then um, if enough students enrolled or enrolled in virtual, then they will have a class of their uh, their students at their particular high school or middle school or elementary school that will be taught by that teacher. If there's a class or there's a need for other classes through the virtual model that are not, you don't have enough to make a full class at your particular school, then those students potentially will have what they call a Quest teacher, which is just uh, a virtual teacher, uh, a real teacher, but taught teaching virtually that may have kids that compose a class from various schools to make up one class, if that makes sense. Okay. So that does mm-hmm. make sense. So even if I'm enrolled in virtual at my base school, am I allowed to participate in extracurricular activities then? Yes, as long as they're okay. out after school and they are still, you know, compliant to the same, you know, you're, you, you're, take, you're at school, you've been, you know, your attendance is appropriate and all those things, so you're still subject to those same expectations had you been in the building. Uh, but, yes, as long as it's after school hours, uh, you would, I would encourage folks to still um, contact their appropriate coach or sponsor to, mm-hmm. you know, be clear on what times you still would be expected if you come to the campus to to still practice the protocols of safety, you know, social distancing, hand washing, masks, and so forth, um, to be able to still, you know, participate safely in those extracurriculars. Okay. And so you mentioned following the protocols of the school and those safeguards. Outline that, you know, what it's like, what a school day is like, what the expectations are, and what precautions are put in place so that, you maximize, I guess, the opportunities for all students and staff to be safe while we're still battling the the pandemic. Yes, that's an excellent question. So in terms of the district level, um, and all schools would need to adhere to this, and that's the expectation, is that temperature checks will be done at every school upon entry, and it, that's for students and staff uh, as they enter the building. Increased sanitation and cleaning protocols will be in effect throughout the day as well as, you know, after school to prepare for next day. There also have, uh, schools have been equipped with additional sanitation, uh, I guess, pumps or, or machines in classrooms that they will have hand sanitizer access as well as, you know, soap and water and those uh, facilities, you know, both in the restrooms and so forth are also there. Masks are required when socially distancing is not very feasible. And what I think people have to try to get their head around is that I think upon entry just for safety, especially in common spaces like hallways and cafeteria and large, you know, transition um, spaces from class to class, they're definitely required because, you know, the social distancing is very limited in that regard. And then once you get into classrooms, Depending on the amount of kids in your classroom, once you come in, there may be some opportunity that teachers may relax, um, or that where the kids, what we call, would have a mask break, or maybe they could if they're socially distanced and it's safe. But I think, you know, as we go into this and there's still so much unknown, 
I think it, we're taking as many precautions as possible to mitigate any, you know, spread to make sure that mm-hmm. masks are in in your building because most schools just aren't able to socially distance appropriately um, so that it's safer to just have everyone mask. Um, okay, let me put a pin in that because okay. um, my son will be going into school and he's doing the in-person, in-school option. And so I'm just wanting to make sure I understand because I will be out here snitching on folks if they're not following these protocols because I know they're put in place to try to ensure the safety of the kids and the teachers. So uh-huh. the expectation is that masks are to be worn when social distancing is not possible. Right. What about or, those that argue? Go ahead. I was going to say, or the other caveat to that is if there is a physical condition or medical condition that prohibits uh, or, or has an adverse effect for a child wearing a mask, then those types of uh, arrangements I would encourage parents to communicate that to their school administrators and or mm-hmm. a nurse that is at their school and make sure that they have clearance for that. So those are the only cases really where there, if a person doesn't have on one, that should be primarily reserved for those people who have conditions as such. Okay. So you also mentioned temperature checks. And yes. and I, I appreciate your patience in this information because I'm pretty sure, okay. like many parents, it's a very nervous time, especially for those who opted for the in-school learning. They'll yes. do temperature checks. What happens if a kid comes to school and it's discovered that they have a temperature at that time? Okay. So if they have a temperature, and right now I think it's one um, uh, over 100, I think it's 100.4 or over 100. If they mm-hmm. register a temperature, which may or may not necessarily be COVID, but it's still precautionary that actions we need to take. So if they are registered the high temp, they are uh, what we call sent to the, the health professional in the building, which would primarily be a nurse. And if a school doesn't have a nurse, a nurse will be contacted immediately to, to come on site. And they are, uh, each school will have what we call an isolation room or space that, that they are to hold or keep so that we can keep a person who may have a high temp not in the pathway or exposed to other more, more students or more staff. Um, and so they're isolated until parents are contacted and uh, that child is exited the, the, the school facility. Okay, next question. Mm-hmm. Let's say a case is suspected or discovered in the school, and I know from what you're telling me, you have the nurses, the health professionals who are working with Knox County Schools as a part of the safety plan. Um, mm-hmm. Whose responsibility will it be to notify me and my family about next steps? Okay. So at this point, um, and our protocols are, are outlined in our plan as well, and I know you're going to kind of give people more information about how to mm-hmm. find that information as well. But when they come in, if that happens at school, the administration at the school and the health professional will work with the health department, notify them, and then the health department really takes the lead on notifying appropriate people that have been connected, exposed, or even the person that may uh, need to be evaluated to determine, you know, exactly what is going on and and what needs to happen in terms of next steps, whether that's for you to isolate for 14 days or whatever the case is, but that will come from the health department because of confidentiality and HIPAA, mm-hmm. you know, 
restraints, the school cannot tell you, you know, names and, and that type of thing. That can't be, that's not our role, nor do we tell people to, quote, unquote, quarantine. If you get that language, that will come from the health department, but we will make sure that the notifications are appropriate, that we have good contact information and those types of things so that we can identify the appropriate people who might have had some exposure. Okay, I appreciate that because I want to be clear that information comes from the health department because you know how word of mouth is. And so I want to caution the listeners and families not to engage in rumors, not to jump the gun on information. Maybe your child heard something or overheard something that we Mm -hmm. start spreading that information and get it wrong. So we can rely on the health department to be the communicator of that. So just a couple more things. Uh, the virtual, the virtual option, uh, of course, to do that, it required a device and it's going to require internet. Can you share about the assignments of devices and then what parents need to do to be best prepared for that virtual option as well as this is still unpredictable. So we may start out in school and things may change where we're all back virtual again. So what do we need to do to prepare for that? Okay, so I'm glad you asked that because what I do want to help clarify is that whether you are a virtual student or you are an in-person student, every student in Knox County Schools, K, kindergarten through 12th grade, will be assigned a Chromebook or a some type of a device. Some kids that are younger may get a different type of Chromebook uh, or a, a, a device, laptop, so forth, but Chromebooks have been purchased as a device, and you, each child will be assigned that. Assigned so like you assign a textbook? Assigned like, like you assign a textbook. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. It's an expensive gotcha. textbook because it's a hunt, it's a $229 <laughs> textbook. But, right. nevertheless, it is, it is that. And so I would also encourage you to get the insurance if you can. It's a $30 insurance annually that, that covers repairs and one replacement in the event that the, the device is damaged. And if you need financial assistance and or need and don't have that, then there is assistance. I think that it has been available through a, a very generous donation by the Haslam Foundation. However, every every student will get a, a device, will be assigned a device. Okay. Now, whether you're virtual, whether you're in person, one thing if you and and the device is going to it, it will be used if you're an in school student, it will be used in school and it will be used at home. If you're a virtual okay. student, of course, yours is going to be at home. But, every but everybody's time, probably going to use it, their device. Everybody's going to use it. Okay. Use their device. Gotcha. And so it is very important that everybody start working. If you don't already have Internet access, which a lot of our families in the Knox County Schools um, District do, and they've indicated they have it, but if you do not have it at all, you need to start taking steps now to go ahead and identify uh, and, uh, a subscriber that's in your area, uh, and see if you can get connectivity to get started. You know, that's not something that, you know, the provider can just, you can call today and it's installed tomorrow, but it sometimes takes a little while. So that's something that, uh, parents can already start planning to do if you don't already have it, taking those necessary steps. We have a flyer on the website or information on the website. If you'll go to the KCS Connect and click Chromebook, it has all the um, a flyer of all the different providers like AT&T, Comcast, Wow, Spectrum that have both standard price and low cost options. If you are a qualifier for those cheaper options, 
if you you can do that yourself. All the information and contact information is there, or you can just call a subscriber yourself if you would like to get that. However, if you have tried that, need a little help navigating that to identify what's available or just which one that you need to work with, or you need financial assistance and you just really cannot, I know some of the low-cost options are about $10 a month if you're a qualifier, but uh, we do recognize that we have some families that are in need across our county with all the economic impact that the pandemic has had on our city and, and, and others and workers. We do recognize, but we know that there are people, if you'll call that phone number, if you need additional assistance and or need some support financially and do just, you know, with whatever option you're able to get in your area, they can provide you some assistance. It's a Knox County School uh, customer service line, and uh, you can call them for additional assistance if you have not been able to secure Internet yourself. Okay. So... I'm going to make sure that I have that link as well as other information that you shared available on TalkingWithT.com for those listeners that want to go back and to refer to some of the guidelines that you mentioned as well as regarding the virtual platform, Internet options and such. And then if we have questions, so listeners, pay attention. If you have questions, first, check the Knox County Schools website. I looked at it. It's pretty thorough. There are many tabs that help guide you to the particular area of concern or questions you may have. If you still have questions, you can contact your school because I know that each school is going to develop a plan within the parameters that are set by Knox County Schools, which was then, you know, set by Tennessee Department of Ed. And then if you still have questions, because we have an expert on the line, you can send Miss Tammy an email. That's T-A-M-M-I dot Campbell at org. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Now, listen, don't flood her email with questions about uh, things that are not relevant to our discussion today. But I do encourage you to be proactive in reviewing the information on the KCS website. But definitely... Think of her as a resource uh, to address concerns or questions that you have. Again, that's Tammy.Campbell at notschools.org. Ms. Tammy, thank you so much for helping us out today with all of that valuable information. Well, Tanisha, can I just add two things? One is sure. also if you can't, if you somehow can't get through through my Tammy.Campbell uh, email, just click on the ombudsman link on the website and it, it'll get to me that way. Uh, and feel free okay. to, you know. Call. Uh, there's a number there that you can call as well if I, if we can assist. Uh, the, and the other thing is, I want to really encourage parents at, at every school make sure you update your contact information because communication during this situation is critical. And so we need to be able to, uh, you know, reach you by phone, email, all the myths, all the layers of communication that are that we have access to. We need to do that. And then I encourage you also check the news on all the local news networks on your um, – if you look – if you are a mobile user, then definitely, you know, click on to the website uh, and just to see, you know, kind of what the status is because although we're scheduled to start school uh, August 17th, things may change. You know, unfortunately in our city the numbers are – counts are going up and we are in daily consultation with the health department here to make a uh, – to be very safe if we are to open schools. But if we have to 
change. People need to be aware of that so that they have that appropriate communication. So it's important to update your contact information with your school as well as your digital access points to make sure that you can communicate and, and monitor your child's progress even throughout the school year. All right. I appreciate that. So let me say it again in a way that you might not be able to. Parents, listen, this is not the time to be giving fake phone numbers and wrong email addresses. During a time such as this, it is critical that the school system, that your child's school, educators, what have you, are able to contact you in case important information regarding even the safety of your child or things that you need to be aware of, they have to be able to get in touch with you. So please follow Ms. Tammy's request in updating and making sure that the schools have accurate contact information for you. Yeah. Okay. And, and as we work through this pandemic, as we work through, yeah. you know, just so many unknowns, no one has any more answers than, than anyone else. But I think mm-hmm. it's important that as we continue to, uh, I would say even as when this, this pandemic hit us back in March, if we would continue to say, to truly embrace the spirit of community and public safety and what's good for my, you know, take care of each other and that we'll mm-hmm. get through this together. You know, everybody be willing to take the extra step to, you know, I'm going to protect myself till I can protect you and I'm going to help you so that I help myself. So let's continue to truly be the village and the community of volunteers and, 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 and people that really do care about our, each other. It, during this pandemic, and I, I believe we'll we'll come through it safer and stronger um, when it when it's over, because it will pass. This too shall pass, and so we just have to remain hopeful, uh, but healthy uh, and safe as we as we navigate our way through this. Well, I appreciate those positive comments and that positive charge to the community as we wrap up our conversation. Again, thank you so much for coming on, listeners. You can find the information again on talkingwitht.com. But we do want to be uh, best prepared. And so thanks once again. Thank you for having me. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But be reminded, you can call in with your thoughts or opinions to 865-409-1170. You can also leave comments on TalkingWithT.com. Share stories or spill some tea. In the meantime and in between time, engage with us on social media and join our Facebook group, The Tea Room. I also want to encourage you to take advantage of early voting. It's going on right now in Knox County through August 1st. You can visit my website for a link to voting information and sites. Thank you for tuning in to Talking With Tea, your urban talk show. The show designed with you in mind. And we would love to connect with you right now on social media. All things Talking With Tea. And you can listen to the show 24-7, 365 on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Now on that note, tea will end with a quote. Voting isn't the most we can do, but it is the least. Gloria Steinem. Remember where you heard the word. Keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.